0: Good morning. Good to see you this morning. Um, I know most of us, most of you, have been had a really busy weekend, Thanksgiving. I know a lot of our family have gone to see other family, but then we have some have had family come here. So if you're a guest of ours today, we are honored to have you with us. You know, this kind of starts the beginning of a really busy season for... Americans, for us, lots of things going on, lots of things going on here at Bay Area as well. Uh, pay attention to the bulletin board and uh, the handouts and, and all those things. Take advantage of some of the 242 opportunities that we're going to have to share together in the next couple of weeks. Last week, I centered my lesson around a question that I asked. I asked the question is it worth it? Thinking about the Christian thing, the church thing, you know, is, it, is it really worth it? And we sort of came to the conclusion that the invitation to follow Jesus and the promise to be one with Jesus is absolutely worth it. This morning, I also have a question for you to consider, and it's kind of a follow-up question, I guess. If it's worth it, Then my question this morning is, does God have a plan for my life? If following Jesus is worth it, what's the plan? And does God have a plan for my life? You know, I I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians, intellectually, we absolutely believe that God has a plan for my life. But then we sort of struggle a little bit with, okay, God has a plan for the world. He has a plan for mankind but He have a plan for me. And it's a little bit intimidating to think that the God of the universe, the God who spoke the world into existence, the all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful God, has a plan for me. And I think as we, we dig into this a little bit this morning, there's something inside of us that sort of struggles with that reality. And when it comes to the why we struggle with that reality, that God might actually have a plan for someone like me, I think maybe we fall into a couple of different categories. For instance, I think a lot of people tell you, I don't know the plan. Does God have a plan for my life? I don't know. You know, He's never told me. I don't know the plan. Or or maybe you're thinking, I don't believe there is a plan. Come on down. Nice. See, here is water. <laughs> We're to have to get stronger doors back there or something. Yeah. A lot of people will tell you, I don't even believe there's a God. And if there's not a God, he certainly doesn't have a plan for my life. Because if there was a God... My life would not be playing out the way my life is playing out right now. So I don't think there's a God, and I certainly don't think He has a plan for my life. Some people will tell you, I missed the plan. Probably was a plan. But I was so busy doing other things and looking in other directions. I just I'm afraid I missed the plan and it's it's too late now. But I think most people would probably fall into this last category. I messed up the plan. There was a plan for my life. God did have a plan, but I made some poor choices when I was younger, and I did some things and I, I said some things that have followed me. And I don't know, my life sort of came off the rails. My spiritual life sort of came and messed up the plan. And most people probably fall into one of those categories when it comes to realizing and determining what God's plan is for my life. I don't know the plan, there is no plan, I missed the plan, or I messed up the plan. And the reason why so many of us identify with one of those scenarios is because a lot of people look around and they realize the life that they are living does not line up with the life that they expected. Now again, if God has a plan for my life, why is my life playing out the way it is? Now, it's like you're expecting one thing, but you're receiving something else. Kind of reminds me of all those pictures you see on the internet of people who ordered things online and they didn't get what they expected to get. You've seen those, right? Like this guy who ordered 48 new office chairs for his (laughs) remodeled office. Those are the 48 chairs that showed up. Or the girl whose father ordered her a shirt for her high school graduation, and they took the printing instructions pretty literally. He said, class of 2021 or something. Don't put the or something on the shirt, though. Which is exactly what they did. Or the guy who ordered a pillow with his face on it to give to his girlfriend when she went away to college so that she would think about him every night. <laughs> Just turned out kind of creepy. Didn't it? Or the girl who thought she was ordering this big, beautiful, braided uh, um, blanket, and that's what she ended up with. You know, a lot of people have that same cynical opinion of God. It's like the girl in that picture. I really don't think that God has a plan for my life because I look at the life that I ordered, and it's not the life I got. You know, there is this life that I dreamed of. There's this life that I, I think God promised me, but it is not the life that I received. We all know how, how frustrating, we know how, how lonely it is to be living a life that you wanted. We realize that, that our plans, and maybe God's plans, they just keep getting interrupted. Inter- interruptions happen all the time in our lives. We had these plans. We had these things that, that were going to happen in our lives, but then plans change. Plans get thwarted. Plans get interrupted. You think of all the things that have happened in the past two years, all the ways that our lives have been interrupted. You didn't plan on running out of toilet paper, did you? you know, we didn't plan on wearing masks. We didn't plan on social distancing. We didn't plan on online worship. You know, we had these plans. And our plans got interrupted. The truth is, our plans always get interrupted. There's always things that happen that we don't see coming. You know, It, it feels like when those things happen, well, maybe God doesn't really have a plan for my life after all. You now, I thought that... God had a plan for my family. Then we find out that we can't have children. I thought that God had a plan for my marriage. And he fell in love with someone else. I thought that God had a plan for my future. And I hear the word cancer. I thought that God had a plan for my career. And my company downsizes and I lose my job. Listen, if you have ever doubted If God has a plan for your life, I would tell you this, you are not alone. And if that's something that you've been struggling with, if it's something that you've been doubting, what I want to do this morning is try to encourage you and let you know that God actually has something much better than a plan for your life. Plans are good, but God actually has something better than a plan for your life. Uh, Tom mentioned the Apostle Paul in his comments around the table this morning. You know, if Ken Burns ever did a documentary on Paul, what you would find out is once Jesus got Paul's, opinion, uh, got Paul's uh, attention, Paul was all in. He, he was 100% in on the Jesus thing. And he centered his life around the will of God. But you'll also find that Paul had incredible interruptions in his life. You know, here, here's this man Paul, this, this, this giant uh, in the faith Paul. He's a missionary, he's a church planner, um, he's a mentor, he's a writer. He wrote, you know, like over a third of the New Testament. He is centering his life on the will of God, and it seems like he's continually getting interrupted. And, and these weren't little annoyances that interrupted Paul's life. These were serious, life-threatening, dangerous interruptions. Now, we, uh gets uh, arrested, thrown in prison, falsely accused. Have it ever happened to any of you? You ever get thrown in prison? Don't raise your hand, by the way, just a question. <laughs> Not only that, Paul is beaten, he's flogged, he's stoned, left for dead. I'm assuming that's never happened to you. He encountered snake bites, shipwrecks a couple times. Paul had so many serious interruptions in his life. And had I been Paul, I would have been thinking, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing here. I'm trying to do your will, God, and all this stuff keeps happening to me. And I'm not sure that I wouldn't start to question, could this be God's will? Could this be God's plan? Because none of this seems like it should be part of the plan. By the way, Paul handled those interruptions in some pretty amazing ways. And I think Paul, in fact, I'm sure, because we're going to find out here in a minute, that Paul realized that God was up to something, that God had a plan, and God had something actually bigger for Paul than a plan. Paul discovers a different way to view his life. And the really neat part of this is, he lets us in on the secret. That was never meant to be a secret. But for some reason, most people don't understand or at least don't appreciate this very important truth about God's plan for their lives. This morning, we're going to spend our time in just one verse, but I'm going to tell you it is one of the most famous verses in all of Scripture. Everyone in this room will recognize this verse. Most people in this room, you can quote this verse. If I were to ask you to give us your five favorite verses in the Bible, most of you would have this verse on your list, uh, Romans eight twenty-eight. We all know Romans eight twenty-eight. If you don't recognize the reference, you'll recognize it when I begin to read it. But what I want to do this morning, I want to break that famous verse down into, into three parts as we think about God's plan for our lives. So here we go. Here, here, here's how Paul begins his thoughts. And we know that God causes everything to work together. Guys, the first part of Paul's statement, and we're going to stop. If we don't understand this part, if we don't get this uh, kind of wrap, wrap our minds around this, then the rest of it's not really going to make much sense, and the rest of it's not really going to matter. Paul says, we know that God causes everything to work together. Paul says that in everything that is going on, God is at work. Everything that's happening in your life right now, God is at work. Even in those moments when we are thinking, I wish God was at work right now, He's at work. When we're thinking, I wish God would pay attention, I wish God would see what's going on, I wish God would hear, I wish He would listen to me, I wish God would care, Paul says... God is at work, right now, in your life. In his book, God at Work, Randy Harris says this. This verse doesn't say that God does everything. It says that whatever happens, God will crawl inside of it and work. Whatever happens, God will crawl inside of it and work. do something with whatever happens in the world. When good things are happening, when bad things are happening, God is at work. The Apostle Paul understood that God was at work in the best seasons of his life and in those difficult seasons of his life. On the mountaintops, in the valleys, God was there, God was at work. We've got to remember that God is there in the center of our lives. Listen, if God isn't the one at work in your life, who is? If God's not the one at work in your life, then who or what is at work in your life? And if you're struggling to find meaning, if you're struggling to find purpose in just what's going on around you, you're looking at the wrong source. While you're thinking about that, let's go ahead and add the second part of this Verse. We know that God causes everything to work together for the what? For the good of those who love God. For the good. God is working for the good. So it's not just God working. He's working for the good. He's working everything together for the good. And let me say this. This verse is not saying that God is going, you know that divorce you're going through? That's good. You know that job loss that you're experiencing? That's good. That is not what this verse is saying. Paul is saying whatever is going on in your life, God's going to crawl up into that. And He's going to work for good. He's going to do what He does. His goal is to work in it for good. Okay, that's the first two parts of this famous verse. Let's add the third part. And by the way, I think this is a really important part that we too often miss or at least misunderstand. I know I did for a long time. This, this is so great. Here's a third part. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His what? His purpose for them. <laughs> this is so simple. But it is so profound That verse does not say, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His plan for them. That is not what Paul said. He doesn't say His plan for them. He says His purpose for them. Purpose and plan, those are two very different things. A purpose is different than a plan. A purpose is much deeper. It is much better than a plan. God has something far better than a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And I realize this is painstakingly simple, but it is so profound. It is so important. Because we spend so much time agonizing and focusing on God's plan for my life that we don't even think about God's purpose for my life. Think about this. You want to get to the end of your life and think back and say, wow, I did such a great job with a plan. I executed that plan. Or do you want to get to the end of your life and look back and say, you know what? I lived a life of purpose. It didn't always go to plan. There were all kinds of interruptions. There were all kinds of detours. All kinds of things I didn't see coming. But I lived my life with purpose. And I lived my life on purpose. Plans change. Plans can be thrown off. Purpose, that doesn't change. Most of you know a little bit about my story. I never in my life planned on being a minister. It was never on my radar. That was never a goal of mine. I was a young guy, married, three kids, I was working in a little business with my dad. The plan was he would retire. I'd keep doing that. I loved it. I enjoyed it. My education was, uh, you know, my undergraduate degree is in biology, not theology. And now 25 years later, I look back and say, none of those plans worked out. My plans completely changed. (laughs) Here I am. But my purpose never changed. God's purpose for me never did change. And I want to know what God's purpose for me is in my life. And I want you to know what God's purpose is for you in your life. Because plans change, but the purpose won't. But that puts us right back where we started, right? Okay, so what's God's purpose for me? Okay, Paul, you've told me that God's at work, and God's at work for good, and God has a purpose in my life. Okay, We're kind of back at square one now. So what's my purpose in life? And the great thing is, the really cool thing is, Paul is going to tell us what our purpose is in life. He's going to give it to us. Really simple. Now, I told you we were going to stay in one verse this morning. It was kind of a tease. Because we're actually going to go on to the next verse. We all know Romans 8:28. How many of you can quote Romans 8:29? Because we should never separate them. And yet, we always do. We always pull verse 28 right off the page, and we talk about that. and it's a great verse, but it's not complete until we put verse 29 with it. In verse 29, Paul tells us what our purpose is. For God knew His people in advance. God chose His people to become like His Son so that His Son would be the firstborn with many brothers and sisters. Paul says God knows you, God has chosen you, and God has given you a purpose. Here's your purpose, to be like Jesus. In every way, that is our purpose. Let's not overcomplicate this. Let's not muddy the waters here, because Paul is crystal clear. The purpose that God has for your life is that you would be like Jesus. That is your purpose in life. Whatever your plan might be, whatever your plan might, wherever that plan might go, whatever interruptions you might face, God's purpose for your life doesn't change. He wants you to be like Jesus. You know, Paul would tell you plans change. Paul said, "Would tell you, I didn't plan on shipwrecks and stonings and snake bites." But he's clear on his purpose. I want to be like Jesus. So every morning, our prayer should be, God, would you help me be like Jesus today? Would you help me today to live my life in a way that somebody sees Jesus in the things that I say, the things that I do, the way that I treat other people? Because that's my purpose. Listen, when life interrupts the plan, look for God's purpose. God is doing what He is doing. He is at work. He's at work for good. He's at work for those who are called according to His purpose. And He's going to take that divorce. And He's going to take that job loss. And He's going to take that diagnosis. And He's going to take all that heartache and all that chaos... And he's going to crawl up in that. And he's going to go to work. And he's going to do good. And he's going to help you in the middle of your interruption, in the middle of that chaos, in the middle of all that life stuff. He's going to help you be like Jesus in the middle of that. He's going to help you handle that more like Jesus. So here's what I hope you hear this morning. God has a purpose for your life. No matter where you are on your spiritual walk, God has a purpose for your life. And His purpose is that we be like Jesus in every way possible. Those interruptions that you run into, and we all have them, and we all face them. Those interruptions where we stop and think, you know, I'm not sure that there's a plan. And I'm not really sure that God's at work here. Scripture promises us God is at work. And God is at work doing good. So, whatever interruptions you're facing this morning, whatever interruptions you're facing this season, and the holiday seasons can be a really difficult time for a lot of people, just know that God's at work. And He is up in the middle of that. And He wants you to be like Jesus as you go through this season. You had a plan. It was a great plan. But then someone messed up the plan or something messed up the plan. Instead of focusing on the plan, let's focus on the purpose to be like Jesus. Because God's given us something better than a plan. He's given all of us a purpose. Let's pray. Father, today... This morning, in this room, would you help us be more like Jesus? The things that we say, the conversations that we have, our body language, where our heart is focused, where our spirit is centered, would you help us be more like Jesus? Would you help us to show his love, his grace, and his mercy? Father, For the people in this room, and that's all of us, who are going through something right now, would you crawl up into that? And would you do your thing? Would you go to work and help us to handle that like Jesus would handle it? And help us to show Jesus to people who are watching us. Thank you for that example. Thank you for that promise. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. We've got a song that we're going to use as a song of encouragement this morning. As always, if there's something on your heart you'd like to share with the family here, uh, we invite you to come to the front and let us know. Let's go ahead and be standing while we sing.